This isn't a, this is no, in no way a proud or triumphant song. I mean, it is triumphant. It is joyful and celebratory. But in Christ's victory. Right. Yes. And because it, it totally strips away any of your pride of, uh, or the legalistic spirit mm-hmm. that John Newton talks about, um, we have to rely on the love that could, that does not remember wrongs. We have to rely on the patience that waits for us. We have to rely on the riches of his kindness, um, in order for us to be in a, in a right standing before God. Welcome to Sing the Word, a podcast that explores and promotes gospel-centered, biblically-rich congregational songs for God's church. I am your host, Nathan Murfin, and I'm joined with Joshua Roberts, Rachel Nothnagel. Thank you. That's going to help me not say Nachel Rothnagel or Brothbagel, or I don't. maybe I'll mess up, mess up Josh's name someday. I don't know. I'm a mess up. I know. I I find Josh ways Roberts. to butcher Josh words. Josh Roberts. <laughs> Is was that your speech impediment days? Yeah. Joshua Wobbles. Joshua Wobbles. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Well, anyways, so today we've got another uh, recommended hymn episode. Um, we're very excited to talk about uh, the modern hymn that has just blown the roof off in popularity in many churches, but it's not popular just for the sake of popularity. Um, It's very rich in its text. The music is thrilling. Um, It's it's a very inspiring and theologically sound hymn called His Mercy is More by uh, Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. We are going to jump in and uh, just go verse by verse like we always do. Rachel, how about you start with verse one and the refrain? What love could remember no wrongs we have done, omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore, our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. What patience would wait as we constantly roam. What father so tender is calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Amen. What a rejoice. Uh, re- <laughs> what, a, what a hopeful hymn, a rejoicing hymn. That chorus, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Um, I think it's good that we start a little bit with the history and inspiration of the hymn. I'll let you guys kind of get situated and get some thoughts. Uh, let's. I want to talk about the history of the uh, the reasoning for Boswell and Papa writing this hymn. It was an inspiration from a sermon uh, by John Newton, who many of us 
know and love as the the uh, hymn writer of arguably the most famous hymn of the last, I don't know, 500 years probably, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Newton also wrote several other hymns that some people may not know, like uh, I Asked the Lord That I Might Grow. Um, there's many others that are very popular. He was actually close friends with William Cowper, who wrote There is a Fountain, and um, God Moves in Mysterious Ways. Um, anyways, but this is based off of one of his sermons, and I'm going to read a quote from that John Newton sermon where we get uh, the inspiration. Are not you amazed sometimes that you should have so much as a hope that, poor and needy as you are, the Lord thinketh of you? But let not all you feel discouraged. For if our physician is almighty, our disease cannot be desperate. And if he casts none out that come to him, why should you fear? Our sins are many, but his mercies are more. Our sins are great, but his righteousness is greater. We are weak, but he is power. Most of our complaints are owing to unbelief and the remainder of a legal spirit. And the e- and these evils are not removed in a day. It's a quote from a sermon by John Newton. There's a that's a mouthful there, as you <laughs> could hear from my horrible reading of that. Um, I'm going to continue on. This is from Matt Papa's website, as he's describing further their inspiration. Written with multiple verses and repeatable chorus, his mercy is more as a singable feel of a modern worship song that congregations can sing every Sunday, but retains the overall structure of a traditional hymn. Hymns have an aesthetic density that isn't present in all of the church's songs, continues Papa. Um, They represent transcendence both as art for our culture and as a part of uh, of our sung worship of Jesus. My focus on the Psalms as laments and the beauty of their emotional honesty brought these songs to life. When we sing a lyric like, our sins, are they are many, his mercy is more, that is a truth for all time, all places, and for all generations, and is worth the effort for singing that truth. So there's kind of an inspiration from um, John Newton that they got there, and there's more we can say, but um, I will let you guys pop in on um, some thoughts you have before we go into the verses. I've I've read that um that whole sermon uh that this was taken from um read this thing on his website that one time and um anyways I I don't guess I realized that uh, up until this song was written that John Newton had had written so many um mm. sermons and stuff um I knew him as the the author of Amazing Grace of course but there's lots of good things that he's written um I, I find it interesting how he he talks about um, that our m- many of our complaints um, are are because of our unbelief and uh, the remainder of a legal spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's something about this song and the way that Matt and Matt put it together <laughs> that that kind of that kind of helps us to to let go of that legalism. Um, mm. You know, we 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 dwell upon mm-hmm. we we might we might think of our sins sometimes as great and sometimes as small um, but this this song helps us to remember that no matter what they are no matter how many they are no matter what 
Um, it's all owed to his mercy and his grace. And, um, you know, I, I love the the chorus where it, it pops up into praise the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of gives you when you're singing it this um, uh, abandonment, I guess, to mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Because um, you're making that as a, as a very bold exclamation as you start that refrain. Uh, praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Um, so it, it sort of leaves you behind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but right. yeah, this is one of my favorite um, songs right now as far as sing, singing in, in worship right. um, and also um, just the, the depth of what's, what's in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I agree. One thing um, I find kind of interesting about from a musical sense, the Papa and Boswell combo really like going... Um, they really like using the scale degrees, like popping into a melody, three, five, six. Mm-hmm. Um, another song that does that, and I have another worship pastor friend, if he's listening, he knows who he is, um, that makes fun of the, <laughs> the mats because he's, he claims that they stole from Matt Redman um, in 10,000 Reasons. Mm. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, three, mm-hmm. five, six. So in this song... Mm-hmm. Three, five, six. Um, Christ the true and better. Oh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Three, five, six. And there's another. Um, Come behold the wondrous mystery. See the true. Yeah. <laughs> there's several times they just they like jumping into that four chord. I mean, if that if they're if they're gonna tm that little <laughs> little uh, melodic um, train of thought, then there you go. They've done it in so many songs. So. I mean that could that could be a critique that that may not be very creative on their part, but um, I think it is a thrilling way to hop into a course. Um, yeah, it could be a critique, but it also is just understanding the the emotion of that particular line and how right. it works. Like for you said, us. Um, and so using it when 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 necessary. Um, it's funny because uh, bringing this song. Something about the melody of the verses, actually. I don't know if we're, we're talking about the the song. Oh, we kind of we kind of we kind of jumped into that it. That might have been my fault. <laughs> but um, the um, something about the beginning also just reminds me of Amazing Grace. I, it's not. It doesn't really look mm-hmm. a whole lot like it. But it might just yeah. be the da 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 da. It's it's the start yeah. of each time. It goes but, up to but the but also third, yeah. it, it, a bit. it it has this similar. Um, um, notes and stuff in the way that they approach and all mm-hmm. is what the melody it does of Amazing Grace. Yeah. You guys noticed that at one point the melody, depending on if it was Boswell or Papa that sang it in the uh, the 9-8 bar there, um, thrown into a sea without that part. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't always sung that way. If you hear Boswell sing it, sometimes he would sing it da, 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 up Mm-hmm. It would go up. Mm-hmm. I've heard it both. Ways. I've heard it both ways. But then, as the, it, the song has aged, it's pretty much been only this. Ba, mm-hmm. ba, 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 two one one six. Yeah. It's just interesting. They they had disagreements on what the actual melody was. <laughs> but um, anyways. But I I do like how that part just kind of like weaves. Just I, I just like how they move. Like you said, they progress through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hop into praise the Lord. 
the, the self-abandonment or the, the looking up in thanksgiving um, for what we've just sung. Hmm. Um, okay, that's probably enough on the music for now. Let's actually talk about the text. Let's dive into verse 1. What I love, love could remember. I love that first line mm-hmm. uh, and how it goes into the second one. So what love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Oh, but wait, he's omniscient. It's not that he uh-huh. he doesn't remember. It's that he chooses not to. And that mm. rem, uh, reminds you of, me of Isaiah 43, 25. And it, it's God talking and he's saying, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I just like I, that. And then the the other line with Micah 7, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, he will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. Then it changes. <laughs> you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Mm-hmm. There it is right there. Mm-hmm. That's the biblically rich part. I I agree, Rachel. I think the the leading, the opening thought, well, love could remember no wrongs I've done. But wait, he he knows everything. There's nothing that escapes his sight or his knowledge. Um. It, it adds a qualifier. It, it makes it even more of a statement of love, of of full, uh, forgiving love. Reminds me of First Corinthians thirteen too. It says that love does not keep a record mm. of wrongs. Like although right. we have a very long list, right, right. <laughs> of Man. of our sins, they are they are being added to every single moment because um, we sin so often. Um, but yeah, God is in his loving kindness is choosing not to remember. Yeah. Um, and that is out of grace. Right. And if deserve. if there's one person who has a right to be angry at sin, it's God himself. Mm. And infinitely more so than than we. I mean, we're we sin and we're sinned against, mm. but that pales in comparison to the holiness and the justice of God, and that being an offense to him uh, against his good design and his good plans for us mm. to walk in in obedience to his commands, and we so often fail to do that. Uh, omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into the sea without bottom. I love that. Without mm. bottom or shore. Because <laughs> yeah. there is no there is no end to it. There is no end to it. The two scriptures that you quoted, one one from Micah and the other one, um, they they didn't talk about the the sea being without bottom or shore, though, did they? Right. No. That, it actually Just started. The depths of the sea. Yeah, the depths says. of the sea. Which, which I think in some ways he's trying to combine that thought of Micah thrown into the bottom of the sea with the idea from Psalm 103, mm, uh, as far yeah. as the east is from the west. Right. Um, basically, this the sea that has no bottom, Unending. no shore, Infinite. it's the same as, as, as far as the east is from the west. Um, there's, there's, yeah, and like it says, said, it infinite. removes infinitely uh, removed. Yeah, 103 says that he removes our transgressions from us as mm-hmm. far as the east is from as the west. As far as the east is from mm-hmm. the west, yeah. And so I think it really brings those both those scripture those rich mm-hmm. scriptures together um you know of how far is our sin removed. You guys were saying the the abandonment and the refrain. I think mm-hmm. of like definitely abandonment but also just this this like just flinging yourself onto God because you have mm-hmm. no other place to go. Right. And I think of John six sixty eight that says, where else do we go? Only you mm-hmm. have the words of life. And so, um, yeah, this just kind of like this whole body just throwing yourself onto Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I just, it, it, another hymn that it reminds me of, actually, the, this is talking about 
sin being thrown and and um, cast off and forgotten, removed, like you just said. But in uh, the hymn, "The Love of God Is Greater Far," it describes the love of God being uh, that that awesome that, third yeah. verse. We got to do this that song in, in this mm-hmm. uh, in this podcast at some point. But uh, could we with ink the ocean fill, or the sky mm-hmm. of parchment made, or every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Mm. We'll save that for another episode. I'm sorry. I just love that verse so much. One of my mm-hmm. favorites. But just talking about the incomprehensibility of God and his love uh, and uh, of God, especially in this case, in his love. Yet while we were still sinners, Romans 5, Christ died for us. Uh, and we'll get to the the atonement language more in verse three, but um, yeah, love that first verse. What love could remember? No wrongs we've done. Our sins they are many. His mercy is more. If we can, guys, let's take a minute to talk about mercy, because um, I think it's important. It's very much connected to love and to grace and to kindness, but it's also separate too. Um, there's so, in some ways, you can think. Justice, you know, justice is getting what you deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Mercy or and or compassion is getting what you uh, is not is getting, getting what, what you, you deserve. Just, see, I already messed it up. You're right. Mercy or compassion is not getting what you deserve, and, and grace, then grace is, getting is getting what you don't deserve more than you, yeah, more and overly abundantly what you deserve. Yeah. Um, but even still, like thinking of that, it's some ways that's still kind of almost makes us want to think that grace is better than mercy, and that's not necessarily no. true either. Mercy, compassion, pity, loving kindness, whatever you want to call it, those are it's very much a part of who God is. Um, this is a quote um, that I found from James Boyce. I want to read real quickly. Um, here it is. In some ways, mercy may be compared with grace. That is, it is undeserved, but it is not grace itself. He goes on to say, what makes mercy different from grace? Primarily, it is the quality of helplessness or misery on the part of those who receive mercy. Grace is love when love is undeserved. Mercy is grace in action. Mercy is loving uh, is lovingly reaching out to those who are helpless and in need of salvation. Mercy identifies with the miserable in their misery. Hmm. It's, it reminds me of the you know the parable Jesus told of the the good Samaritan having pity on the the man who was robbed you know the <laughs> the the high and holy priests and and scribes walked by but they didn't have mercy they didn't have pity on the man who was in a helpless horrible state but this mm-hmm. this Samaritan who was basically you know they call him a half breed um, mm-hmm. he was despised by the Jews. Um, well, it didn't matter to him. He had mercy and compassion on the man who was in a miserable, near-to-death state. And that's what—that's a picture of what Christ has done for us and, and also a picture of how we're to approach others, too, in, 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 mm-hmm. in giving mercy. Be, um, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. That's, that beatitude's there. Um, so there's something especially beautiful about saying his mercy is more than our sin. When we talk about our sin, that puts us in a helpless state and inability to do anything on our own. Well, God in his love, but in action, in his mercy, he condescends to help us when we when we humble ourselves and realize 
how, how miserable our state actually is. Mm -hmm. And he helps us. I like this explanation of mercy from R.C. Sproul. He says that mercy is an unexpected love and generosity. It cannot be showered upon us as something owed because mercy that is owed is not mercy but obligation. Mm. And I like that. The way that that just sparks several thoughts in my mind. But God is not obligated to give us anything, not even the air that we breathe. And so... Um, I know that personally I do tend to slip into kind of apathy. Um, and I think that that's why music has been so important in my life because mm. um, it's what what God has used to, um, I, I guess, just ignite my heart again. Um, I know we're going we're gonna to talk about emotions in worship. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just I think of this as, you know, mercy is not – an obligation of God. God mm. does not owe us anything. And yet that that's what makes it so precious, right? That his mercy is more because he does not have to give it to us. Right. Absolutely. You want to go on to verse two? Let's, sure. let's, let's do the verses and we'll end with the refrain. I know we've talked a little bit about the music of the refrain, but let's, let's save that refrain for the end if we can. Uh, verse two. What? I think of two um, instances in scripture uh, immediately when reading this verse. So first, what patience would wait as we constantly roam, mm -hmm. what father so tender is calling us home. I think of the prodigal son, Absolutely. of course, that the father's waiting for his son and is ready mm -hmm. um, and is mm -hmm. running mm -hmm. to him. And that concept of roaming um, in, let's see here in Lost Luke. Lost sheep. Kind yes, of. exactly. But in Luke 15, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's talking about how the son is squandering his inheritance. And then he goes to, feed among pigs. And then in 17, it says, but when he came to himself, mm -hmm. <laughs> when he came realized, <laughs> exactly. Um, I was reading the Bruce Reed a few months ago. Um, mm -hmm. and, and Richard Sibbs was talking about this concept of wandering from the Lord. And he said, um, and I hope this <laughs> makes some sort of sense because I scribbled it down in the margins of my Bible, but um, it made right. sense to me in the moment. Um, it says, we love to wander from ourselves and to be strangers at home till God bruises us by one cross or another. And then we, in quotes, begin to think mm. that God is is convicting our hearts to come home. Mm -hmm. And yet there mm -hmm. the Father is waiting for us outside the door, right. um, ready to clothe us again and provide for our needs again. And so uh, what Father so tender is calling us home. And then the last two lines, he welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Mm -hmm. um, that line in particular reminds me of 2 Samuel 9 with Mephibosheth. Uh, where David invited him to live and dine with him when this man um, had nothing to offer the king. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I think of that's how we are with the Lord. I mean, we are that broken person approaching in humility saying, I have nothing to give to the king. And yet here he is allowing me to dine with him. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. Um, I would also extend that you know, with the word patience, mm -hmm. we don't always, you know, in some ways we don't always think of that as an attribute of God, but it, it really is. Um, you know, the um, King James uses the word long suffering. Um, and there, there's a temptation, you know, for us to abuse that mercy, abuse that grace and, and plead on the Lord's patience. But, uh, you know, as, as even as believers, we want to do that. But especially in the New Testament, when they talk, when it talks about the patience of God in, in, in Pauline and, and, and Peter's epistles, 
it's really talking about God is being patient for the sake of those who are not saved. He's being patient, wanting wanting all to come to a, a place of repentance and faith, though obviously we know that's not going to happen. People are going to reject God's uh, gospel and, and reject his Christ, but the patience of God to withhold his full and final judgment on all evil until he says it's time. Um, how he does that, we, we just, we don't know. And, and, and why he does that, praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Mm. <laughs> this is an extension of his mercy that he is not, he is not, um, uh, sent Jesus back yet to, to, uh, um, to enact this judgment upon all evil, um, the, there's still time. And but we remember in what is it the Psalms, um, or yeah, the Psalms and in Second Peter, for with the Lord is one day is a thousand days, and a thousand days is mm-hmm. one day, or something like that. Yeah, um, his timetable's not ours; <laughs> he's transcendent above time. So, you know, I think that we oftentimes, when we see injustice or when we see wrong. We act in an impulse. We want that to be fixed, and we want it to be fixed quickly. Um, and that's one thing about the patience. Um, you know, like Second Peter talks about how um, Second Peter three nine, uh, long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that should all should come to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, God's wrath um, is not impulsive. Right. Um, but at one point we will experience, but right now he is that father that even mm-hmm. though the, the prodigal son is constantly roaming or, as another song says, prone to wander, mm-hmm. um, he is patient with us because he's not willing that any of us should perish. I also want to say about the second verse, um, the welcomes the weakest, the vilest, yes. the poor. Um, it reminds me of our conversation about the Rock of Ages. I know that um, it didn't say vile in there. It said mm-hmm. naked, helpless, foul. Mm-hmm. Um, but that word vile to me, um, I, I know that we can think of vile as as kind of someone that is just uh, pure evil or whatever, I guess. But it also, to me, can, can just be like a stench or a, a nastiness um, that that you experience um, around that person. Um, and so truly that is what we are, uh, weak, vile, and poor. Um, but thankfully, our Father is tender and calls us home uh, despite all of that and, and clothes us in righteousness. So mm-hmm. um, I love that. I love that line. Yes. There's an old, I think it's more of a gospel song. It may be an old hymn. Um, it's, uh, it says, Oh, I know... Yes, I know Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner, sinner clean. clean. That's a Gaither yeah. go- uh, song. It's yeah. it's a, it's a, one of those gospel Gaither yeah. songs. I couldn't remember the title, but that that, that song always yes, sticks I with know. me, that chorus, uh, as simple as that is. That's, yeah. that's so true beautiful. He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, and the poor. I mean, and all, all the gospels talk about this, but especially the focus of, of Luke's gospel is Jesus' condescension to those who are portrayed as the weak, the the vile, the poor. We see this in his pursuit of women um, in, in, in first century. We see this obviously to the poor and to, and to lepers and to beggars um, and to Zacchaeus, uh, who is a tax, mm-hmm. a corrupt tax collector. I mean, 
Uh, we see all those in Luke, and Luke especially brings that out. Um, so I'm, I'm sure there was a little bit of influence in that. Uh, not that Matthew, John, and Mark don't, but Luke especially uh, seems to talk about the, 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 the minorities and the marginalized in, in, in his gospel. Um, anything else on verse 2, guys? All right. What riches of kindness he lavished on us. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Kind of puts a final cap on describing yeah, all the I, goodness we have. I think that the opening of this Christ. line also reminds us again of the prodigal story um, because um, the riches of kindness that he lavished on us, you know, the father put a robe and a ring, um, things that that he pretty much so gave riches to this um, son that had squandered it all. Um, so it, to me, it, it reminds us again of that. Um, but then goes into um, kind of like you were saying a, a final um, ending for mm-hmm. it all. Uh, his blood was the payment; his life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins are many. It it it, it ends it. It fi- finalizes mm-hmm. what we've been talking about. Um, this is an absolute, and it is done. Sort right. of feeling. Right. This um, this opening line, "What riches of kindness," reminds me of um, Ephesians one, um, verse seven. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He has lavished upon us. I'm, I'm assuming that's where they got this thought from. Was right there in Ephesians one. Well, and First John three one, how great is the love mm-hmm. the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children. the children of God, and that is what we are. Amen. And then this is like we just said, like what Josh just said. This is where the atonement gets revealed. This is the gospel centered, you know, part that we love about this hymn. And and like you said, it's a final thing. His blood was the payment. His life was the cost. So, holy blood had to be spilled. Mm-hmm. For the sake of sinful blood, <laughs> there's a, there's a hymn that we're going to introduce. It's actually a, another Boswell Papa hymn that I love, it's, uh, the King and all his beauty, uh, talking about the King who wears a crown. Um, it, yeah, it's talking about the King and all his beauty. Obviously, that and then the verse two says, "Now see the King who wears a crown, one made with with shame and splinters, the sacrifice for ruined man, the substitute for sinners, mm-hmm. as earth is stained with royal blood." And quakes with love and fury. Mm. He bow mm. he breathes his last and bows his head, the king in all his beauty. Reminds me of that. Him. It's like it was the same author. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. His blood was blood was the payment. We get that from Levitical <laughs> priestly sure. duties. Mm. His life was the cost. Yeah, this part always makes you think of Hebrews and just that yeah. the finality of what Christ has done and that we no longer have to make offerings or atonement for sin. Right. Um, just the freedom we find in that. Right. Let's talk about that third line, the stood neath a debt. I, I, first of all, I kind of like how it, it goes with, you know, how traditional hymns will abbreviate words. Mm-hmm. We stood neath the debt with the apostrophe. I, that's just, it makes it sound more traditional, I guess, more, more old schooly. I like that. Um, but anyways, debt we could never afford. We have to be, you know, careful, you know, who where's the debt owed to? Well, it's it's not owed to Satan. Um, it's it's not owed to anything other than God. 
And the whole mystery and beauty of the atonement is only God could pay the payment, the debt to God, mm-hmm. God the God-man. He had, to, he had to be God for it to be a satisfying um, work of atonement, but it had to be a man because man was the guilty party. Man was the one who was indebted, uh, in, or the one who had a debt of legal consequence over their heads. So the beautiful divine mystery of the God-man come in Jesus Christ, the Word of God made flesh. We stood neath a debt we could we never afford. afford. He had to do it for us. We couldn't do it for ourselves. We could never pay back this insurmountable debt that we had. I just think of all the rich theology in this song and the fact that we all sing it at our churches and that people that we know and love get to mm-hmm. hear this and sing this with us. Right. Um, whether or not they you know, fully understand every line or even agree with it, whatever. Um, but just that we all get to sing that together with brothers yes. and sisters in Christ. Um, mm-hmm. Because what a succinct way to give them theology, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very accessible. And a proper posture in worship, too. Yes. This mm-hmm. isn't a, this is no, in no way a proud or triumphant song. I mean, mm-hmm. it is triumphant, it is joyful and celebratory. But in Christ's victory. Right. Yes. And because it, it totally strips away any of your, pride of uh, or the legalistic spirit mm-hmm. that John Newton talks about um, we have to rely on the love that could that does not remember wrongs we have to rely on the patience that waits for us we have to rely on the riches of his kindness mm-hmm. um, in order for us to be in a in a right standing before God um, yes let's go on to the chorus and we need to wrap this up what a good place to end right first thing I think of I know we, we Praise the Lord, exclamation point, his mercy is more. That's our response to all that mm-hmm. we've said. I love it when a chorus just hooks that in and is a is a moment for us to respond to the the really, you know, more thick wording theology we just said in the verses. Yeah. Now something more simple and higher in our vocal ranges and more. lifting. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. I love the way that it emphasizes the word more. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. More or or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the mercy, some, gl- some glitteral, yeah, oh, oh, oh. or yeah, um, <laughs> don't uh, do that, that's ba- bad for your vocal. There's uh, Baker's Dictionary folds. of Theology, um, it, it talks a little bit about um, the Old Testament mercy, um, is the, the subtitle of this, but I wanted to say this about mercy. Um, we all have a capacity, I think, for showing mercy, um, but it, it usually is this, and this goes into the whole what we're talking about, about the, the Romans road and, and just remembering, um, you know, what what coming to Christ is all about. Mm. But um, we, we have a capacity for showing mercy, but it's typically slanted towards those that we have a special relationship with. Um, and, and the quote here says that a lack of mercy is actually more natural to our human condition. Mm. Mercy is, however a quality intrinsic to the nature of God. It is for this reason that in some situations, merciful throughout the Old Testament mm. was a sufficient description of God. Of course, in the New Testament, we we think of mercy hand in hand with love and with grace. Um, but I just think that it's important to, to remember, especially how it's saying his mercy is more um, it's more than what we have the capacity for. Um, 
it's 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 something that only he has the capacity for and of course mm. it calls to mind also that idea of his mercy is more calls to mind his mercies are new every morning right um when it's stronger than darkness new every morn but um but i think that there's there's something to be said too about remembering that his mercy i'm going to use this word instead of more his mercy is other. His mercy mm. is holy. Right. His mercy is more. Holy, it's, holy, holy, it's merciful and mighty. It's, it's different it's like than ours. It's more. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that's part of the thing that, that just gets me going, especially when we get to that part. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. His mercy is more. Is just reminding myself that I, I show mercy sometimes, <laughs> but um, sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. But... But when I do, it's it's not anything in comparison to how much his mercy is right. that he, as the third verse says, lavished upon mm-hmm. us. You know, he, he gives more than we we can even fathom. What you're saying goes along with Romans 5 mm-hmm. um, really perfectly. It says, For while we are still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Mm-hmm. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Yeah. But God shows his love for us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Roman, all, all those things about the Roman road and, and just getting us to that place of understanding uh, what salvation is and what what has happened to us, yeah, right. I would like to talk a little bit about the stronger than darkness new every every morn. Um, obviously, I, I think the the new every morn part of it, and even part of the stronger than darkness, but especially the the mercies that are new every morning. Lamentations chapter three, um, verses twenty two and twenty three. And actually, I, I want to skip uh, go back to verse nineteen of that passage and get down all the way to 24. Uh, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. Mm. (laughs) My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Here it is. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. That is right in the middle of Babylonian siege of Jerusalem. Um, and Jeremiah, or whoever the author is of this particular poem and Lamentations, is crying out for mercy, for pity from the Lord. Because, this, I mean, it's literally, the book is called Lamentations. Um, they're they're grieving, they're lamenting the, the fact of the destruction of their city, the, the murder of of men, women, and children, and, and the fact that they're being exiled to a foreign land that um, is somehow a part of God's plan, and they can't see that in the, in the moment. But in the moment, they're also asking for relief, for pity, for compassion from the Lord. And it's in the middle of that, that screaming of lament and grief that this author has. He says, but this thing I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Mm. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Mercy is grace in action. God stooping down to the lowly, to the miserable, to the hurt, to the bruised reed, and loving them, restoring their health. Um, You know, obviously, spiritually we're talking about that, but 
again with the illustration of the the, Samar- the good Samaritan um, um, coming down and and healing and restoring and binding up the wounds of uh, of of the of the hurt man. There's also psalms that talk about he binds up the wounds of the of the of the broken. Many psalms that, that mention that. The the phrase stronger than darkness. You were talking about mostly about the new every morn with that lamentations, but two scriptures that come to mind that that put all of this into context for me. Uh, first of all, uh, stronger than darkness. Um, Romans twelve uh, talks about the accuser. Mm. Romans twelve ten. Um, uh, because the accuser of our brothers and sisters, the one who accuses them day and night before our God has been thrown down, um, stronger than darkness. You know, I just think of of the devil and right. Satan as, as dark, and he's the accuser. But then Romans 8 says, uh, you know, there is therefore now no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, these two scriptures together, I, I think of those two concepts when I think of that simple little phrase, stronger than darkness. Um, mm. uh, it, it puts all that aside, um, and the accuser is no longer accusing me because this mercy is stronger right. than him, um, and now there's no condemnation right. for me. Well, in the language of darkness, what you can't help but think of the opposite of that being light. Yeah. Jesus is the light of the world, and, and those who follow me, light, yeah. yeah, those who follow me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And also, and also that James talks about <clears throat> he, uh, that God being the Father of of of, of all lights, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and there's other passages too. But that that light breaks through the dark. It's stronger than it, and it, it triumphs it uh, totally. Um, any other final thoughts, guys? Our sins they are many. His mercy, His mercy is, is more. more. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, we will end it there, guys. I think that's. Great place to stop. Listener, as always, we we truly and we mean it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope to be giving you more content. Um, The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to Sing the Word. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast, please subscribe to our channel on your preferred podcast platform. Feel free to leave us a good rating too. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pandora, and other platforms as well. If you've got songs, questions, or discussions you'd like for us to explore in future episodes, please email those to singtheword316 at gmail.com. Again, that's singtheword316 at gmail.com. As we continue to improve and expand our platforms for this podcast, We'll be sure to keep you posted on things to come, Lord willing. Again, thank you for listening. Grace and peace.